Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today we are covering WCW Saturday Night on TBS from May the 9th of 1992. If you are listening on YouTube, hit the subscribe button to subscribe to our channel and hit the like button to like the actual video. That makes Hopper really happy and it makes the algorithm even happier. And put a comment below as well. I am sitting here with Doc and not Hard Body Hopper as we talked about I think we mentioned it on the last show. Hopper wouldn't be here for this show uh, because we're moving things around so that he can be here for the pay-per-view, big Wrestle War pay-per-view coming up in, a, I think, a week and a day or two from now. Doc, let me welcome you in. It's been less than 24 hours since we recorded the last episode. So what's up, man? I told you we would beat the Chargers. I told you it'd be no big deal. We're on our way to 15-2. and two. Cowboys 15-2, and two, right? That game hasn't happened yet. For everybody Wait, listening what? to this, this is being We're recorded. He he's still reeling from that ass whooping that the San Francisco 49ers gave his team, forty-two to ten, on Sunday Night Football, where the whole world saw it. So let's be clear about that. There has been no Cowboys Chargers game as of us recording this. Now, when you're listening to it, yeah, the games happened, but we'll be bored too. Him, That's what I'm saying. Don't let him blow that hot air. Uh, the way he likes to downplay when his team loses, and that's all I'm going to say. Right, we, that well, game is on, on Monday Night Football, too. So if y'all lay an egg on two back-to-back what? primetime games. What did you say? Games, an egg? What's an egg? Man. What's an egg? Don't try to divert the attention to me on the lackluster bullshit performance of your team this year. Well, can we come together over one thing? I think there's I don't no know. It depends. Bruh. We recorded just last night. It was a week ago for these people. And there's a couple of things that happened. One, you and I are squarely on this bandwagon of the Texas baseball, Texas <laughs> Rangers. And uh, we advanced. We we watched it while we were recording last week. And we went on that night to win the game. We are advancing to the next round. We are now eight wins away from a world championship. First time ever for the uh, for the old home. home. Take me out to the ball game. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do know what you're saying. It's a shame. The Rangers have been to at least a world championship series or game. They play a series. And the Cowboys haven't been to one in a very long time. So I'm glad you I'm glad we can come together on the Rangers. Now I got something else we can come together on. So 
by the time people hear all of this play out, what we're we're throwing down here, and it will be several weeks. So we have to track this in real time for people. We're doing the this show and next week without Harper, so that Harper can be on the pay per view with us, which we're recording next week, but won't be out for a few weeks. But we all can agree that the state of that show is in peril based on the fact that last week we heard that Harper is having severe, severe computer problems. Yeah. And I think we ought to all, I mean, I feel like opening up a betting house where the, where the army could bet on whether or not he has a working laptop by the time it's time to record Russell war 92. I mean, I hope so. But you know, if, if Harper was in driving distance, I would have just went to his house and, Hey man, let me see what it's doing. And I feel like I could have figured it out. Not that I'm like some IT professional, but you know, I do know how to do basic stuff like control alt delete, restart your machine, stuff that Harper just never does. And the one time he does it, he locks himself out of his computer. But I feel like it's something simple. The problem is we're dealing with Harper and technology. And as you and I are old folks who aren't great with technology, he's a bazillion times worse. It's true. But hey, not having a, a, a working laptop did not stop Harper from being for turning in one of his all time performances last week. We it's only been 24 hours for that. We've been laughing all day at some of the nonsense that came out of his mouth uh, after he got on his phone and still found a way to, to make it to the show last night. Last he was week. throwing his fastball when he started going down the path of you know, night vision goggles and, you know, all you assholes out there buying up ammo and guns, you better get you some night vision because <laughs> if you do, yeah, you're going to be get you, you get night vision, you can pick off people in the middle of the night, they won't see you coming. I mean, he wasn't wrong. Talking <laughs> about barn owls and then later we got. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, then we get into like him talking about texting the wrong girl for somebody, and then that girl wants to like, "Hey, what's up?" To Harper, he was he was on another level last night. Um, I mean last week. I'm sorry, last week. Well, this is gonna be difficult because we're recording the next episode in two days, and that one won't come out for several weeks. God, this is gonna be hard. The Cowboys are gonna be fifteen and two by the time we get to the pay per view. This is kind of like when the old Smoky Mountain shows or even the Saturday night shows in a way, not us recording it, but how they did it. You know, Corny would do three to four tapings at one event, like one show. And Saturday night has typically done two, but they've had instances where I think they've had, you know, three shows from one taping. So it's kind of like that, where, like you just said, you said last night when in actuality, by the time this is heard, it was a week ago that that took place where he was talking about barn animals and having or, or barn owls and having the night vision of a barn owl. And then he got into the topic of the squirter, which if you're not a patron, tinyurl.com oh. Patreon BTT, you want to hear some uh, just disgusting filth of hard body hopper, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. But also I'm saying that too, because you can get the wrestle war pay-per-view breakdown 
at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Doc, before I throw it to you for anything else, real quick, a uh, big shout out to Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Mike Chilry, Joe Ice, good old Justin. Thank you for being the uh, biggest supporters of this show and basically being the sponsors of this show. And again, become a patron like those guys. You don't have to pledge like they do, but become a patron. tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Get access to all that Patreon goal. 400 plus Patreon exclusive shows, including the video versions of all the shows that we do here are available on Patreon. tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Uh, Doc, I am opening up the video version now. I don't know if you got anything else before we get into the review portion, but I need to get the uh, video recorder going before we go play. ahead and get that started. I have one more little thing that we can talk about. And, and when it's you and I recording in the span of days, we're not going to sit here and do a large pre-show like we do when we really stretch out and have Harper and shenanigans and lots of things to talk about. But there's one thing that I really believe in my heart of hearts that we deserve our flowers for Mike. Oh God, don't say that word. Okay. Well, can we get, we need it. Okay. We'll turn in our flowers and what we really need is our high paying jobs in a big wrestling organization. But whoever came up with the term, especially in the wrestling industry of giving someone their flowers, it, they need to go back and crawl, crawl, whatever hole they crawled out of, crawl back into it, never to be what, seen again by humanity. What would happen if you went up to Dickie Murdoch in the back and said, hey, I just want to give you your flowers for something? He just slapped the piss out of you. Now, I never met Dick Murdoch. He actually died a year or two after I got into wrestling. But I know, obviously, no people who knew him well. And the stories I hear was he was, um, I mean, you heard Daryl Van Horn talk about him on this show. But, you know, I've heard more stories than that. He was a just ornery old bastard, bro. So if I'd have started talking about or anyone started talking about giving somebody their flowers that were still alive in the wrestling business at that point, Murdoch would have slapped the piss out of him. You think, Harley Race, you you. think Harley Race was interested in getting some flowers? No. No. Right. It, it was a different world back then, bro. These these guys were, they, you know, they made a lot of money, but they were doing it. They loved the sport. They did it, obviously, for the money, but they loved the sport, and it was they, they were different guys. Borderline There's, criminal, old school, real dudes. Oh, yeah. Old Don't school get me wrong. Yeah. Like we always talk about, there were some really terrible people in the business too i mean there has you been gotta, even to this day i can't believe they aren't, didn't all die of driving drunk driving accidents that's the one we you and i have talked about that offline before like how, we're amazed doc and i've had this discussion offline we're amazed that when you think about being on a two-lane road middle of the night Think of the Louisiana, obviously, driving. Dude, if I've I was driving one of those roads. Louisiana roads, and I can't see to begin with, man. I'm paying attention. I want to be alert. I want to be rested. I don't want to be 11 beers deep into an 18-pack. Jeez. That's what I'm saying. So, like, they're drinking, they're driving, they're driving down these two-lane roads. I mean, I've driven some of those two-lane roads that you'll hear Corny talk about when he would when he talks classic wrestling on his show. Let me tell you, it's bad enough driving that when you're tired, it's one o'clock in the morning, and you're just trying to get home. Much less you're tired, you're drinking. 
I mean, it's I, I've told you the story before. I was with my buddy Jerome once. This was actually in Mississippi. We were coming home from a show in Loosedale, Mississippi. And it's just two lane roads. And there's like a 10, 15 foot drop or 10 foot drop on the side. And bro, I, I was like, we had to pull over. We were falling asleep. I mean, we were just waiting to die. We weren't even we weren't drunk. We were just tired. Like from, you know, being up all day wrestling and then trying to drive home in the middle of the night. So I'm amazed more old school wrestlers didn't go that way. I know we've you, had a few that have gone that way, but I'm amazed more haven't. You know how much I like to drink, don't you? <laughs> You're an alcoholic. Come on. That's not fair. That's not nice either. There you go with the come on thing again. What? Come on. Come on. You and Harper. Every time. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you're an alcoholic. What about it? So I like to drink. I even like to drive. But you don't mix <laughs> the two. Come on. <laughs> I was getting scared for me. No, no, no. You definitely so, should not be mixing it, especially in today's back. world where there's like Lyft and Uber. Yeah, like, you there's can no get reason for that. Don't, don't put right. yourself in that kind of risk or anybody else. Now, here's the... Here's the where I want with the flowers thing. Okay, yeah. You and I need a job in big time professional wrestling. Because I'm going to tell you that you and I both, maybe, I don't know, six, seven years ahead of the rest of the world, could have tipped off some big ass organization of wrestling that Eli Drake was going to be, had Superstar written all over his ass. And he had to take the long winding road to get there. We said it back when he first came to Impact. He had Probably the dummy two, button. Not, not, yeah, 2015 and 16 when he first gets there, he's like the first time he's cutting a promo. We're like, this guy's got something. There's something there. And we could have helped out all these big companies by going. There's your dude right over there. I know you ain't watching Impact, so let us help you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now we don't watch Impact and have We should become years. agents for wrestlers. <laughs> sure. I'm sure there's a lot of lucrative money in that. Can we also get a ring and start a Fed? No, that will never happen. Uh, can we start this week's episode? We can start this week's episode. So I'm glad you said that. So we are covering, let me hit the record button. We are covering May the 9th, 1992, as we continue in May, WCW Saturday Night on TBS. Uh, Doc, this week's show opens. Let me hit play on it. This week's show opens um, with Sting. We're in the shades inside. It's the interview from several weeks back, what he's doing with uh, Bischoff. Um, Doc, what did you think about your uh, your your man's thing here? I didn't. You didn't think? Did you hit fast forward? This isn't a replay? Yeah. So I didn't watch it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is a, a replay. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. I was making sure I didn't mess up there, but you know, that's a nice little tracksuit he's got on there. I guess. Um, yeah, he's talking about it's just a broken rib that he's got. He's just a broken fine. rib. Right, right. Just a broken rib. He's gonna be fine. All that good stuff. So anyway, uh, then we go into center stage. Missy welcomes us in to the show, and I'm pretty sure this week and next week we're taped the same day because. Her hairdo when she throws it to Jim Ross is really kind of straight out of the 80s. Uh, she throws it to Jim Ross. Jim Ross welcomes in, as we mentioned at the end of last week's show, Randy Owen from the group Alabama. So play me some mountain music. 
You like that Grandma and Grandpa used to play. You and have I'm any old on down the river to a Cajun hideaway. I know you said you played in bands. I'm pretty sure you never sang in them when I listened to you try to sing. That's not very nice. We're just having fun here. Why do you have to be mean? Just, I need Harper back. I don't just like Just being brutally honest with you, you know. That's all you can do these days. You got to be Here we work 10 you. hours at a shoot job and we get off and we're trying to get ahead and like be productive and you come in mean-spirited. I don't understand what the okay. problem is here. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. Do you want me to give you your flowers? I just prefer that you be nice, but if that's what you call it, sure. You got any thoughts on Randy Owen here? Man, uh, before, that is a you know, country we... music looking dude. Now, I looked up Randy Owen's net worth before we came on. How much do you think networth.com, which is certainly reputable and exactly accurate, what do you think a man like that, who, as we discussed last week, sold 75 million records, what do you think he's worth? I don't really know, but I would imagine it's a decent amount of change. That fool standing there looking like, you know, Lester McGee, he's worth a, a reported $50 million. Wow. Uh, I actually would have thought maybe more than that. Okay. Well, maybe he had a Coke habit. Who knows? Okay. Jesus. So from there, we go to Barry Windham, followed by Steve Austin. It's a meat and potatoes promo. It, it didn't even last a minute, both of them. It's like 15 seconds apiece. They say just a couple of things about the match uh, later in the show because we have a rematch for the with the two out of three falls. Uh, for the world television title. And then we come back to JR and Randy Owen and they yap about a few things. And JR I asked, a, I have a question. Go ahead, what are you going to say? Yeah, go ahead. How the hell can they be all about not being Southern, but bring in this guy to co-host? Well, I actually, I had that note, but I was really cautious about mentioning it because when I first put eyes on this i'm like nothing screams tbs national platform like randy owen from alabama but then i'm like you know i'm not well versed in country music he sold a lot of records obviously so even though he's a country singer i mean that's a lot of albums to sign or to sell so i kind of feel like he would have been well known even though he's a country singer and not just a southern star couple things about that okay I don't have a problem with it myself. I'm saying that WCW is always trying to shed the Southern angle. That doesn't seem like a good way to do it. Having him on there. I agree. I mean, there's more than, you know, that that's a, that's all he had reach. Like you said, I also believe, and I'm sort of guessing here, but I, I feel pretty good in this. We think of country music as the South but I think you got to think about it as urban and rural. And you could go out to like rural Pennsylvania or something, and they're just as much into country music as they would be in rural Alabama. And that doesn't mean that the urban areas don't also like them some country music. I'm just saying I don't think it's as north and south as people might think. But Randy Owen is definitely from the great state of Alabama in the way he speaks. But I'm going to tell you this. Seems like a pretty good dude. Did a decent job. Yeah, he's not bad. And I think you just summarized it well, talking about fans of country, not just from the South, but 
you know, rural areas and whatnot. So it makes a lot of sense. And that's why I didn't even bring up, you know, well, he's this country singer. We're trying to shed the the look of being country, but man, he's got a lot of fans. So I think it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong. with Eyeballs are eyeballs, bro. Yeah. They do do some yapping and Jr. did ask him, you know, Hey, you know, what do you think? Why do you think so many people love WCW? And he kind of just gave some really a lame answer, but it, Missy it wasn't over bad. There could put her, Missy over there could put her legs behind her head. That's one reason. Okay. So um, we continue. <laughs> Go ahead. But he's he's on here, and obviously he's spending a lot of time talking about his charity and their foundation. I got no problem with that either. He should yeah, get something he, out of it. I, I agree. I agree. He's not bad. Like I say, we go he, to the first okay. match. And so let me ask you this. Is he better than Hervey? Oh, God, yes. Easily. A million. He, again, I said He's this about Hervey. It's not even that. Hervey was a good actor. He knows how to act in front of a camera, both as a paid actor and a professional. Why was he acting like a doofus and trying to be too cool for school on the wrestling program? It was Randy Owen is not he's just being himself and he's not Mr. Personality, but he's also not awkward. Jason Hervey is awkward was awkward and irritating, as we discussed. So yes, yeah, he's he was than Hervey. he was twitchy. Like it was know, just, like, yeah. Weird. I get like Randy Owen wouldn't be much different if you ran into him at the steak joint, right? Just a guy, you know. Just a dude. To you. Hey, man. Just a fella. Hey, what's up, Doc? Oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. Nice to meet you. Shake your hey, hand. Hey, I saw you on the on the wrestling last night. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. that yeah. Of- yeah. No. Nothing too over the top. Exactly. The next, uh, the first match on the card this week is the Z-Man versus Bob Cook. <laughs> they don't really go too long. Um, Doc, any thoughts on Z-Man versus Mr. Cook here? In your opinion, did the right guy win? <laughs> the right guy did not win. Uh, oh, you know man. who the right, you know, the guy who won is the Z-Man. He hits a super kick and then he I hits thought, a drop I kick off Z-Man the top. I thought Z-Man looked all right. It's nothing to do with the moves. I've said it a million times. He's just boring. Okay. As you said, he's the Z-Man, and you were falling asleep on one of the shows once because he was putting you to sleep. Well, Bob Cook does a hell of a right hand. I was listening to uh, The Devil on a podcast, and he was talking about how underrated Bob Cook was. Yeah, I think he's a good enhancement talent. He bumps good. He does He does everything he needs to do well. If he just had a look. Yeah, he just, I mean, you know, as Hopper likes to say, he looks like the guy changing oil at the Jiffy Lube. But he's respectable as a, as a wrestler. He's not in there looking. I mean, we've seen some of these guys who can't bump and don't know what the piss they're doing. Bob Cook is not that. Bob Cook right. knows exactly what he's doing. So we move from that. Z-Man wins, and we go back to Jim Ross and Randy Owen, and they're promoting something called the June Jam. Yeah, buddy. We're going to get down at the June Jam. 
I think they mentioned like more on this later, but it duck is duck on a June bug. Like a duck on a June bug. The June jam, no. My 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 comment was as soon as he said June jam, I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh killed me. Man, Any thoughts on it. hold on there hold on a second. Okay. I may be able to get you a lineup. Oh, the June Jam lineup? Yeah. Okay. Here, we'll go. I was going to play it while you're looking it up, but I won't play it if you're. I got something here that talks about 1992. We had Travis Tritt, Hmm. Vince Gill, Doug Stone, Trisha Yearwood. That's uh, Mrs. Garth Brooks. Aaron Tippin and Diamond Rio. God, I wish we had Harper for this episode. Travis Tritt is a name that I've heard before. And I'm getting yep. screamed at. We're, we're getting screamed at by all the Southern wrestling fans out there who like country and are yelling okay. at you. Okay, this said Alan Jackson is, These guys too. are good. Who, uh, Alan Jackson? Yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's a lineup, man. Yeah, this I don't, is I don't know country well, but it sounds here, like a lineup. Bro. Huh. They still hold it? Um, hold on. I'm looking. The June Jam. Um, oh, it's got a website, pal. Well, that would likely mean it's still around. Alabama <laughs> has added three additional performers to its star-studded lineup at the 2023 June Jam. Oh, wow! They will join the legendary band at the VFW Fairgrounds in Fort Payne, Alabama, as Randy Owen and Teddy Gentry resurrect the iconic. <laughs> event so 30 okay so he they said resurrect so it must have stopped at some point yeah but still 31 years later there's still going to be a june jam. what are you doing what are you still doing besides jerking off that you were doing in 1992 uh, well i mean i do work a full-time job i wasn't doing that in 92 right but you know where i was probably on may 9th of 1992 on a saturday night uh, Burger King. Burger King. Guarantee you, because I worked every Saturday. Yeah, I was I'm working, I was working that I was. eleven to five shift. Yeah, I was. I was. I needed time. to get out and go take out the le- the lady girlfriend. All right. Yeah. All right. Off on to the next thing. The next match is Nikita Koloff versus Mr. Hughes. Uh, they give him a little time. Do you got anything from this one, Doc? JR says that Mr. Hughes weighs 375. Do you think that is accurate? Uh, I forget how tall he is, but... He seems pretty, you know, 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, I'd give him 350. I don't know about 375. Okay. He just doesn't look that big. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't look that. I mean, he's a big man. I don't want to say he doesn't look that big. You can he's look at Hughes. Big he's a big man. man. But I, I, 375 is pushing it. That's a big dude. 375 yeah, a big is a dude. lot of weight. That Exactly. That's what I'm saying. 375 is a lot of weight. So, yeah, I give him I give him a good 350 for sure. Okay. Um, They do a test of strength. When's the last time you saw a test of strength in a match? Do they even do that anymore? No. Somebody out there is going to say, well, I saw such and such do it. I mean, 
I guess they do still do it, but I, I don't recall seeing it in a long time. That was a common move back then. Boy, it's such a great way to like slow things down but keep the crowd in it. All of that Adom- and the, yeah. the abdominal stretch and the test of strength are two great moves. And if we worked for a big-time wrestling company, we could tell them that. Yeah, they wouldn't listen. You know that. They would if you slap somebody upside the head. Dave, Dr. They, D style, listen, pal. Yeah, it didn't work out to, too well for him. We're trying to draw some money here, you ass. Come on. It didn't work out too well for him. Well, we could, become bounty hunters after, we could become bounty hunters after that. <laughs> no, I don't think not. Anything else from Mr. Hughes and Koloff here? Can you imagine us trying to ch- track down criminals together? We're no. like, we're staking out and I'm talking and you're like, dude, they're going to hear us. Yeah, you wouldn't shut up. Harper would be even worse. <laughs> I, I can see Harper standing behind something. Look at this asshole. Look at this asshole. Out. Just blurts it out out loud. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, who is Mr. Hughes tied to these days? I actually think that's all dissipated. I mean, he was with Vinny Vegas for a minute. Um, he was with Harley Race. But I think that's all just not happening. I don't know. He's just not tied to anyone, it seems. And it's so crazy because this is the same organization that said he was bought for the York Foundation. Right. Or from the York Foundation. So He's one of those guys that in hindsight was a lot better than I remember. He's so goddamn good. Okay, he so I want to so great. I need you to run it back just a little bit there. We were talking. Can you go back to 1840? I really like this move because I like what Fonzie does with it. Fonzie's so, reffing. So he's in the ring. Can you say hey, what Fonzie, this move is? Uh, well, Curtis, uh, Mr. Hughes goes up to the top. He's going to leap off. And uh, Nikita comes and gets him and throws him off. And Fonzie reacts and sells. Mr. Hughes hitting the mat when he gets thrown off the top rope. Watch Fonzie instead of the two guys. Yeah, like a trampoline effect is what. Yeah, he, he jumped up in the air like it. I just thought that was a, a nice move from the Fonzie. From Fonzie, um, and, let me and tell my, you something. I, yeah, that that move looks great, especially when a big man takes it. Oh yeah, because they hit that mat hard and it yeah, springs he, up a little. He bounced it. Yeah, I yep. mean even. Even Nikita bounced a little with it when, and he threw him. Yep. Um, the last note here is this was a pretty decent little match, and I'm glad they went and let it go a while because they're trying to build Nikita up, and that doesn't kill Mr. Hughes. Like I know, yeah. I didn't and at no point did I think Mr. Hughes was going to win this because I, I watch wrestling, but it wasn't a, a complete squash match, and I thought it worked here. I had the same timestamp as you had when he threw Hughes off the top and Hughes bumped. I didn't mention Fonzie, but I had the note. And um, I agree. Like, it was competitive. Hughes ends up missing a move on Koloff, and then Koloff is going to hit him with a Russian sickle for the win. But uh, they gave him time to do a little bit here. I didn't think that Hughes would win because Nikita just kind of came back within the last couple months, and he's trying to establish himself and, Mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, it made sense. Um, it's unfortunate in a way if we're looking back now because 
you know, WCW kind of wasted Mr. Hughes. They didn't do anything well, with him. He might need to go stand in line behind the others. Yeah, there's he's more, not alone. There's some more on this episode that we're going to get to in that regard. Yeah, that's true. I mean, as we say, they wasted him. He 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 was not alone in in just being treated badly. And the crazy part is, you know, they put him. He was the big cat, and then they put him in this gimmick. And this gimmick was great for him. Like it, it uh-huh. really did something for him. And they still, you know, put a good gimmick on him, but then just didn't do anything. It just um, yeah. All right. Um, we hear more. I'm gonna keep going. We hear more from Randy Owen here about the the June soft June Jam softball game and concert mm-hmm. uh, from these two. And then we go to Rick Rude. I'm trying to get to it, Doc. I'm going to hear a Rick Rude promo. Um, this, this is Rude's great. like, this yeah, was this great. was great. This So just so everybody's aware, this is going to be Rude in, you know, on in the ring with Randy and JR. Let's go to the audio now. Here it is. This opportunity to get a lot of things clear. And I know, Randy, you've got a... Uh, if we can get everybody's attention, you've got a very important question to ask Ravishing Rick Rude. Well, I, you know, being a fan of wrestling, I just uh, I wondered why that uh, you left the WWF and came to the WCW. We're happy to have you. <laughs> Talk about a curveball. Why I left the WWF. Good question. It goes like this, Randy. For a long time, I held the WWF Intercontinental title which would make me first in line for a shot at the WWF World Championship. Never happened. See, what happened was the WWF was trying to hold Ravishing Rick Rude back. And they might have held me back, but they couldn't hold me down. You see, what I decided to do was pack my bags and move on to bigger and better things. that I know the fans want addressed. These allegations that have been coming from the camp of the Dangerous Alliance regarding Ricky Steamboat, who allegedly wants to have some sort of uh, extramarital affair with Medusa, set the record straight on this situation. What's really going on? To set the record straight, Ross, it's like this. There are no allegations. There are only facts. And Ricky Steamboat has been following Medusa. He's been heckling her. He's been hounding her. We're trying to get a restraining order on the man right now. A lot of people don't believe that, uh, Mr. Root. Do you think I care what these people think? Do you think these people know exactly what's happening? Ricky Steamboat has been hounding Medusa, but you can't really blame the man. Medusa is a beautiful woman. Medusa is the first lady of the WCW, and she's all mine. And I brought her with me, Ross. Oh, did you? I'm going to bring her on down. How about that? Ducey, come on down, baby. Doesn't she look good? Oh, we're going to have another guest here. They'll be joining us momentarily. The self-proclaimed first lady of WCW making her way to the ring. Well, you know, that's a real good opportunity. While she's here, why don't you let me uh, ask her about Ricky Steamboat? Hold it, Ross. Enough is said about Ricky Steamboat and Medusa. I'm looking at the sleaze bags out.
out here and they're looking kind of confused. I'm thinking maybe they have a few questions for the ravishing one. So I hate to change your form, but let me take over here just a minute. Turn the house lights up. Missy, can you help me? So we're going to take some questions from the audience. All right, I'm going to pause it here. Let's address right here Rude, Randy Owens' question. Wants to know why Rude left WWF. Hey, boy, Rick Rude just fires away. Rick Rude almost turned babyface right there with that answer. <laughs> the only reason he does not turn babyface is what I say all the time about him. He's such a prick. Yeah. But he's so good at being a prick. He doesn't have go-away heat. He just has heat where you're like, he, I can't stand this asshole. He has that big head. And I don't mean big like as an insult. He's just a big dude. But that head is just he's, it's solid looking. And he looks like Tom Selleck. In that time, man, I as badass as we've talked about Vader being in this time frame, I wouldn't have gone away from Rick Root and Sting. I think there's so much money there. Because I think this angle with Sting harassing Medusa works a lot better than Steamboat. I don't know. I like, I like this because I like to speculate. But then he's like these sleaze bags out here look a little confused. So we're gonna <laughs> let him ask some questions. He's, he's. I'm just saying he's so he's it's, he's just phenomenal. That was um, really strange for. One big wrestling program to acknowledge the other on their show like that. Yeah, but he also put him down because he's like, yeah, he did. He, he, he knocked it out the bags and moved. And he said, um, "There are no allegations, only facts." Oh God, that was so good. That line talking about Steamboat stalking Medusa. But and he calls back. her Deuce or Deucey. I mean, he's just, he's in control of the situation. And that's what you want to see out of your smarmy prick heel. Now, Last thing. He's, if you listen to him cut a promo, the underrated thing no one ever talks about, including us, it's his pace of his promo. He doesn't speak too fast. He doesn't speak too slow. He states his facts or what he sees as facts. He lets you kind of absorb it as he's going, and it works so good because he sounds so much like a prick. You're on his timetable. Yeah, it's all about him. Don't rush him. It's all about him and everything and then he's got he changed, to say. And then he changed up the format on the fly, and that's in the center of the crowd where the first sleaze bag to ask a question <laughs> looks like, uh, well. Kimono Yeah, let's let's go to it now. Let's go back to the audio and where Missy's gonna be asking the, the women in the crowd some questions or, or they're gonna be asking Rude some questions, I should say. Here it is. Just a minute. Turn the house lights up. Missy, can you help me? So we're gonna take some questions from the audience. Let's hear our first question, please. Do you have an interview? I mean, I'm sorry. Do you have a question for the ravishing one? Yes, Rick, I understand that Medusa is first lady of the WCW, but baby, what do I have to do to be your first lady? Mm. She uh, wanted to know how she could become your first lady, if I got the question correct. (laughs) Sweetheart, you obviously have the bodily qualifications, but 
it just depends on how well you can put that body into motion. You know what I mean? Keep that thought. I'll get with you later. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, Mr. Reed, I think there's... Oh, here's another one. This has another person who's asked a question. Do you have a question for the ravishing one? No, I don't have a question. I have a statement to make. Everything that ravishing Rick Rude is saying is true. I'm having an affair with Ricky Steamboat. This is not true. This is not true. I've been seeing him for quite some time now. You're lying. Shut up, you stupid s I've been seeing him for so long. She is lying. She is lying. I've been seeing him for I spent all my time with him. Oh, you do I don't believe these allegations. Wait just a second. When no, Tell him. Nobody believes Tell you're him. having an affair with Ricky Tell Steamboat. Them. Where's security? She is Get security out Tell here. Let's them. She is lying. Please take her away. Who are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> There's another girl. Another one? Now she's saying she's had an affair. Three women here that said they had an affair with Steamboat. What's going on? I can't believe this, Ross. Obviously, Ricky Steamboat is a creature of habit. A good husband, a good family man, I don't think so. Ross, I just feel horrible that this had to come out on my time. I don't know. Mrs. Steamboat, I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. On behalf of Randy Owen, you got to be something to this, and we'll be right back. Bro, this was so good. I got so many thoughts, but let me go to you first. What are your thoughts? That one slut called that other slut a slut. Her words, not ours. Right. I just I'm allegedly reporting the facts, not allegations. I mean, look, none of these girls, it was porno level acting, but the point is, is that it was funny. And that was a whole lot different than the schmoz with Hervey and Heyman last week in this segment. 100%. And Rick Rude is so good the way he threw it to the audience to listen to these questions. And he's like, oh, we got three of them. You know, it's just, it's so good. Rude, Rude, Rude had me dying throughout. But the first one he tells, you have the bodily qualifications. So, I mean, Wow. You can't say that now on TV now. But anyway, and then the second one, who I've got frozen on the video version, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. You know how last night we had a, or last week, we had a long discussion about Johnny B. Bad not looking like he was soul man and, and was taking, you know, tanning pills and whatnot. It looked like a natural tan on him. Bruh, this woman is living in a tanning bed and using way too much bronzer because look how unnatural she looks yeah uh sleaze bag she looks unnatural the second yeah. one when they they had asked Rude that's question. not she's not that i mean she's one of those 1989 hair metal hot but 45 is not gonna look good on her yeah she'll have wrinkled skin from the constant tanning and then you really can't get a look a good look at the third one i mean you only see her she's got a very 1980s outfit on with the jean jacket and jean shorts but uh you can't really see much of her however she tells woman number two to shut up because 
she's already banging Steamboat. And then I just noticed something as I'm watching this for the 50 million time. There's a woman or a man directly behind woman two who starts clapping. He's or she is enjoying this. And then there's a kid in like a multicolored shirt on who starts clapping too, like, oh, ho, 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 look, he's all into it too. Because <laughs> he just that's, heard the that's word Skid slut. Harper right there. That's Kid <laughs> Harper. <laughs> so this, you know, I, I, again, we, we, we buried last week's segment like this. This week's segment is 10 times better. And last but not least, Doug Dillinger has to uh, escort lady number two out the building, throws her over his shoulder and runs out of center stage with her. And here's what the question I have to the BTT army out there. Uh, let us know who any who these women are if you do know who they are, because obviously they're plants or they just went to the local strip club and said, hey, we need a couple of you to make some money with tonight. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Like we can't. You can't know that. You know, are they are they some talents, girlfriends, wives, etc.? Who knows? Things like that don't you know. just couldn't find out easily back then. All right. Any other thoughts, Doc? This was a phenomenal segment. It was great. We go to commercial and come back, and we get more from Randy Owen and Jr. And they start talking about Vinny Vegas before we go to a Vinny Vegas promo. And I was laughing hysterically here because Randy Owen says, "I never heard of Vinny Vegas during all my time of performing in Las Vegas." And he's laughing about it. <laughs> K Fabe, Randy, come on, brother, work with. What us. are we doing here? But I guess it works because Vinny Vegas is a heel, so yeah, it works. Uh, I'm going to play this real, real, real quick promo from Benny Vegas because I just love the ridiculously phony accent. Here it is. I just doing? It's the Ven Man here. <laughs> you know, I've been sitting back watching everybody, listening to everybody, talking about what you're going to do to each other, how tough you are. I'm going to tell you something right now. You're driving me crazy. I'm going to take this toilet lid size hand and smack the taste out of your mouth. I can't put up with it. I'll tell you something right now. You get in the ring with me, it's going to be quick and easy and painful. I just love I love the accent. It's a guilty pleasure when he starts that shit. Thoughts? I hate, I hate this. <laughs> mm, it's not that bad. It's that, well, it's that it's 100% that bad. After his promo, we go back to the arena we were in, and it's Vinny Vegas versus someone. They didn't even give his name, or I didn't hear it if they did. Jim Ross speculates about what we saw from Rude and the women in the crowd, and Jim Ross wonders, hey, I wonder if it's true. And JR is just like, I, I, I don't want to believe this. I can't believe this on commentary, saying, thinking that uh, all these allegations that Ricky Steamboat is cheating on his wife with all of these different women, along with stalking Medusa. Doc, any thoughts on any of the commentary or the match here? This is where I realized that Randy Owen wasn't doing color. No, I just, he was on this. I'd have to go back and listen to the whole thing. He's on the main event. Even, and even in the main event, he's, he's quiet. He never talks like he lays out, which I got, I got some thoughts on that when we get there. Okay. Um, I'm not complaining about it. But yeah, it's just JR talking here. So we uh, Snake dress, Eyes. We dress Vinny Vegas up like Curtis Hughes, but we don't tag them anymore. 
Okay. Yeah, they're they're. I think they're done. I do think they're done tagging. I don't. Okay. I don't think they're going to tag anymore. Uh, Vinny Vegas wins, okay. and that's that. And that's that. Now remember, we cut promos with Vinny Vegas and Harley Race, and you know, as Vinny Vegas said, under the expert tutelage of Mister Harley Race. Remember that? Well, no, I guess not anymore. Yeah, that must have been during right. my sabbatical. Yeah, it was, but it, it's just funny how that happened at that moment. All right, we're going to go now to the WCW Magazine segment. I'm going to play this uh, bit right here because there's a, a bit of announce- an announcement that was made. Here we you go. Think? Thanks, Jim. And this is the WCW Magazine for Saturday, May 9th, 1992. Our lead story takes us to the Windy City last Sunday night when Rick and Scott Steiner defeated Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby Eaton for the WCW World Tag Team Championships inside of a steel cage. Now, there were no television cameras on hand, but according to WCW Magazine's Dennis Brent, who captured the action with these photographs, the fans at Chicago's UIC Pavilion witnessed a truly inspired title defense by Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby Eaton, two athletes who, despite their ring tactics, proved that they were worthy of the WCW World Tag Team titles. But in the end, it was the overwhelming power of the Steiner brothers and the inability of Paul E. Dangerously to penetrate the steel cage that ended Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton's reign as WCW World Tag Team Champions. Now this development will have a double impact on Russell War 92. The Steiner brothers are going into their match with Izuka and Tatsumi Fujinami as the new WCW World Tag Team Champions and momentum in their corner. You know you can look at this match a few different ways. Fujinami and Izuka coming after our world titles, Japanese against the United States. Or you can look at you, Fujinami and Izuka, as stepping stones. See, when we got stripped of our world titles, we also got stripped of the Japanese international titles. We're using you guys as a stepping stone for Muda and Hase. Yeah, will it be Hong Kong, Fui, Tiki Chow, May, wherever it is, Jesus Japanese, Christ. you guys ain't better than us, and we're going to prove it to you. And the dangerous alliance is... Boy, Rick Steiner just uh, the um, being the, Rick Steiner. Uh, the, the the views of Rick Steiner do not. Uh, God, <laughs> hmm. that that was something, man. Okay, any thoughts about the announcement? Uh, there's no TV footage; it's just some still shots of it. Any thoughts of the announcement? Arn and Arn and Bobby lost, and the Steiner brothers are now champions. This may surprise you, but I used to really like it when they would do stuff like this because it made it seem like shit could happen anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I, I actually have the same similar note. I don't see a problem with this. Um, if you want it's like things shit. to seem... I mean, it's not... It, TV can't... Back then, you're thinking, TV can't be everywhere, so shit, I guess they lost them. Yeah, I was about to say, if you want things to seem realistic, there's got to be times when a title defense or titles change hands when it's not on Saturday night or one of the other shows. Right. Like you, you have to accept that reality of quote unquote, keeping things real and being a and real as business. Bad as their house show business is hemorrhaging money right now. Making it seem like something exciting could happen. There is probably a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, yeah. Now, I, I don't understand why Rick Steiner had to go potty mouth and get insensitive, but that will let him defend himself on his time. Not ours. Yeah, it's his business, not ours. Okay. Um, from there, we see a bunch of replays. We see a replay of Larry Zabisco and Paul Lee arguing and the Dangerous Alliance attacking Steamboat as we build up Wrestle War and War Games. And then Eric wraps up mentioning the NWA World Tag Title Tournament again. And that's pretty Eric. much the 
Why don't you just call him Callaway? Jesus, is he like your best buddy? I'm sorry. Didn't mean to offend you. Eric Bischoff. Oh, you go to high school with him? <laughs> oh, Hopper, bro, you know, I got a question. When y'all talk about me, why you make me sound like I'm special? Love you, D-Man. All right. Continuing right along. Uh, any other thoughts on this? No, I thought, I, you know, they spelled a lot of things correctly here in these brackets. Man, I was pleasantly yeah, surprised. Kind of shocking is what it is. Yeah. Um, give them time, though. I'm sure they'll mess it up. Yeah, you never know. You know how it is. You know this drill. All right. We continue. We go back to Jim Ross and Randy Owen, and JR says, when is the next album going to be out? And Randy Owen speaks super, super low, and he gives his answer, but I didn't know what the answer was. Oh, they just finished recording, and they had finished, like I think, mastering it, and it should be coming out later in that year, I think is what he said. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Hopper would be able to tell us the name of the album. Hopper on, on 8-track and, and vinyl and cassette and CD and laser disc. Harper's a closet hillbilly, you know that, right? He he, he is a he's a well-versed person. He's he's all across the board when it comes to things. I can tell you that now. To things. It's true, man. He can tell you all kind of stuff about everything. You like we, How do you know you draw, that? Well, if you draw our our circles of what we know like a Venn diagram across the three of us, we cover a lot of territory and the things that we know across the three of us in pop culture and in our time frames. Yeah. One of us doesn't know a lot, but combined, there's a whole bunch of knowledge up there. You can't stop us. We ought to go as a three-headed monster on Jeopardy. Can we go on the on the <laughs> college version, though? Because I don't want to get beat. <laughs> oh, man. Next match is the Diamond Stud versus Rob Campbell. Uh, we got another quick one here as we're working our way to the main event of this week's show. Diamond Stud does hit his finisher and wins by pin. Uh, but, Doc, before I go to that, you got anything from this one? Yeah, I have a couple of things. Um, we are about to uh, – Razor's got to be leaving soon, huh? It's 92, so – Yeah, he's got to get over to his real gig. Yeah. His real gig, that he comes back to WCW in a few years. Well, he's invading. Think about that. He's think invading about that. from. I want you to think about this. It's 92. Only four short years from now, he's going to be back in this promotion when this promotion explodes. As the hottest star for a, few, a couple of months in the industry. One of, if you One want of. to be fair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Other thing is, this Franklin fella didn't look terrible. He had a little look no. to him. He's got some tiger print or yellow tiger printish type tights on, some dull yellow boots. He's not bad. He bumps good. Takes the finish fine. Took a choke slam fine as well. It's good. I got nothing bad from him. Okay. Diamond stud hits the razor's edge or diamond drop or whatever the hell they call it here, and he wins, and that's all we have. That's just the razor's edge. I don't care what his name is or where he is. That's the razor's edge, bro. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we then go back to Jim Ross and Randy Owen after the match, and Jim Ross says, have you ever heard J.T. Southern play the guitar? He's asking Randy Owen this, a 
a, a, a multi uh, album, millions of albums sold. He's asking him, have you ever heard JT Southern play guitar? And Randy Owen says, no, I haven't. And we go to the match. He honestly <laughs> hadn't heard Man Hammer's ass do it either. So what's your point, Jimbo? Right. So here's what's funny about this. It's Brad Armstrong. We go back to the arena. It's Brad Armstrong versus Scotty Flamingo. And then Scotty Flamingo's corner is JT Southern. That's why Randy or Jim Ross asked Randy Owen about JT Southern because we got Southern and Scotty Flamingo's corner here uh, on the outside, kind of manage him. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but he's out there and he gets involved. Uh, let me go to you, Brad versus Scotty Flamingo. So first of all, I said earlier when we were watching Mr. Hughes, people that got mismanaged, and I was alluding to this match uh, right here. Um, as both of these guys are, are pretty, you know, pretty awesome. Um, they, they had a hot start coming out the gate, which you would expect from these two guys, then settled down a little bit, um, into a long headlock, which is a little too long for me, uh, for the little fellers to pull off. Um, and if you're looking for it to reverse engineer it. Brad Armstrong now moves like a Ragnaman and Fantasia if you watch him. Yeah. That's what I was saying when he was doing a Ragnaman. It's like you could I mean, it's easy for us now to say it, but you're like he, he his movements didn't change. Even that move where he kind of like crouches down and he's yeah. got his hands out at his side. He does that as Brad Armstrong and he did that before Ragnaman and even after. But you you can just tell you're like there's it's him like there's no secret to it you're like that is brad armstrong under that mask and again we might not have known at the time but nowadays yeah you can see it with ease it's ridiculous do you think it's one of those things where sometimes you just get labeled and it's lazy and you just can't get rid of the the the, like if he was that good backstage and naturally funny and charismatic i feel like they gave up on him quickly from being a top player. Austin always says Brad was the life of the party backstage, but you know, when he had a microphone and when he was holding the microphone, he wasn't that good in promos. Like he, you did, or he was he didn't say he wasn't that good. He's, he just, his personality never showed the pro the thing with Brad is, and I I've said this, I think a number of times, I think just like you, he ended up getting labeled as just the guy who would just, you know, kind of be enhancement talent but you know get on worldwide need to get a win like they'd put him over on a guy or two but mainly he was putting some of the stars over i just think after all the years of them just kind of like having him lose you just it was like they couldn't rehabilitate him they 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 would have had to like send him away for two years and really put some kind of gimmick on him where you could hide who he was for him to get over and it just it's really sad because he deserved better than what he got. I mean, he just, he's got too much talent. Yep. And, and the other part is, you know, okay, he can't cut a promo. Bobby Eaton wasn't a great promo guy. So let's hide that, you know, the old Paul Heyman thing, you know, hide the negatives and, you know, promote the positives with him. And that, that's, Brad never got that treatment. I never, like, he never got that same treatment. I'm not saying that he'd have been Bobby Eaton. I'm just saying in the same way Bobby wasn't a good, great promo guy, neither is Brad. But Brad's a hell of a guy in the ring. 
They could have did more with him. They could. There were enough minds there to figure something out, and he just got lost. And then they ended up just making enhancement talent for years and years and years on end. Right. Uh, which sucks. This was a good little match, though. I enjoyed it. They worked their asses off. It's two guys with talent. It is ridiculous. Every single week when I lay eyes on Scotty Flamingo, I, I just continuously look at this dude like, that's Raven. And it's just one of those things where I I really have trouble. Like, that's Raven. Um, it's one of the, you know, again, it's just crazy. Um, Brett Armstrong is going to suplex Flamingo into the ring for the finish. But Southern grabs Brad's leg and Flamingo falls on Brad Armstrong and pins him with Southern holding his leg as they're near the ring apron and Brad loses. So at least when Brad loses, it's he was screwed and not just straight up. Uh, not yeah. that they're going to do anything with him, but, you know, it is what it is. Any thoughts, Doc? Good match. And I thought the finish made sense given the who was, who was uh, in play there. Totally agree. Before we go to the main event, which is going to be Barry Windham versus Steve Austin, two out of three falls, they do show a replay of a few weeks ago when Barry Windham and Steve Austin battled each other. It ended in a time limit draw. So this is now the rematch. And this is probably one of the better two out of three falls that they have. I mean, Austin and Windham had a good one last time. They just didn't have enough time. But this was a very good two out of three falls. So a couple notes. Uh, before I throw to you, and we start getting into this, I, I made this note. Why is Randy Owen on commentary? Why is Randy Owen on commentary? And it's not that he was bad. It's that Jim Ross is basically calling this by himself. He doesn't need Randy Owen at all. And I don't know. Did you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, and I think it exposes the 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 other flaw in a lot of this is that the second you bring in somebody who's not from the wrestling world, you, you're you not putting them at their best light. Like, you know, these guys, if you're famous, you're used to doing interviews. That 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 setting and that sort of magazine setting is, is fine, but, but I don't know that color... Color commentary is an entirely different animal. Yeah, it's not easy to do. I can tell you that much. It's really hard especially when you're doing it with somebody who's established like jr and you're expected to kind of work off of them and you're kind of waiting for them to feed you to jump in because you don't want to jump in and interrupt them that it's not easy when you when you don't have that chemistry which goes back to the point you made the very first week of the talk show format with the rotating co-host you said it like you got to feed this thing and that's one of the challenges of feeding this every single week, having a new person as a co-host is you're constantly rotating that person out and JR is good. He can pull it off, but he's then got to work with somebody he's got no chemistry with every single well, week. Well, each and every week. And then it's not who do you have in weeks one through five. It's who do you have in weeks 26 through 31. <laughs> Which thankfully they don't make it that far. What are you talking about? Uh, the talk show format, I mean, where they're constantly rotating. I mean, they'll I, I, rotate. I'm starting, get, I'm starting to get fond of this, though. It's not going to go away, is it? <laughs> right. By the way, did you catch Harper when you praised it a few weeks ago? He he changed his tune and he praised it. He all of a sudden uh, liked the talk show format. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I know what happened. All right, Doc. Um, I have. Well, I have the uh, timestamps of the falls. I got. Well, a lot, have, I got some other ones. All right. So let me mention this, and then you can tell me when to stop Barry's mouth gets busted open at some point and the closest I could find to it was maybe around 101 20 because Austin hit a jawbreaker and then a lariat that may have caught Barry in the mouth and that might have done it but I'm not 100% sure and then real quick before I throw it to you too besides that this is an old school wrestling match two dudes who know how to work Austin has Paul Lee on the outside so at one point, Austin has wind him in a head scissors. He's working it while pulling the ropes. Just great old school heel work from like Austin here with the headlock. And then it, these guys are just, these are two top talents. But let me go to you because it uh, sounds like you got a bunch of stuff too. Um, They had 26 minutes coming in, which is what you need for guys like this. Yes. If we're gonna do this two out of three gimmick, you, you gotta you gotta feed that right too. Yeah. And did you? I guess you you failed to mention that um, Stone Cold got his hair cut. Oh, good point. Yeah. And that's nice because he you can see his facials now. He doesn't have that stringy hair in his way. I don't like the haircut though. You don't? Nah. That mushroom hairdo type, uh, no. Mushroom? What are you talking yeah. about? I don't know how to describe it. It's it just got like a mushroom look to it. Right, Actually, I do one. know how to describe it. It's got a mushroom look to it. That's a new one on me. Is that kind of like white people smelling like puppy dogs? Is this stuff y'all talk about in the hood? I don't know. Shut up. Okay. Fucking stupid. <sighs> um. <laughs> How many cases of beer could these two guys drink in one night together? The answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is all. <laughs> these might be the two leaders in the clubhouse if we lined up the entire locker room. Let's not forget, Arn Anderson's back there, Bobby Eaton's back there. <laughs> yeah, but Wyndham's a big bastard. Who... I mean, he's what six six, six seven, in a Sweetwater, Texas, and Austin's Steve Weisers. Yeah, and I would, that's what we ought to do: is get in the boogie mobile and go back to like nineteen ninety two and have a beer drinking contest, and the, whoever doesn't die wins. I think I'll pass, but I wish we could get. I really okay, so let me ask you this: the boogie if we sat mobile. there, if we lined up all the guys on the roster, one to one hundred, let's say, with all the enhancement guys, there's not. Let's say there's ninety nine of them, and me, and we all just started drinking beers, and the last one left one, and in order, where would I finish? You think with the wrestling crew in nineteen ninety two? How, how do we determine finish? Because like I, we're just going to keep drinking beers and line them up in front of us until you go, man, I can't drink no more. I mean, you can always drink more. You can still get alcohol poisoning, but right. But I mean, you're behind You're you probably would, would fall behind Wyndham and 
Austin and probably Arn Anderson and. But I'm not. I, am I in the top half? Am I in the back half? Am I? No, you're probably in the top half. Okay. But I mean, I'm in the top half too. If you're talking about like the ability to hold just liquor, because I mean, this is a beer drinking contest, Mike. I know it's a beer drinking contest, but I'm just saying, I can put down some Hennessy. I don't even drink it all the time, but when I do, I can, I can kill a bottle. And I mean, I'm not gonna sit there and tell you I can drive and kill a bottle, but I'm not, you know, falling out, throwing up all over the place either. I'm just drunk. Mm, drunk. That sounds great. Yeah, we know you're an alcoholic. Okay. Why? Why, Why do you continue? Because it's true. Oh, okay. okay. Um, Fifty-five thirty-five. Oh, we went. We went ahead of that. What are we looking yeah, for here? It's a nice move. That doesn't tell me a lot. I didn't. I forgot to make more notes. Is it when Wyndham picks him up? Yeah, he holds yeah. on to the head headlock. Yeah, so Austin's got him in a headlock. Wyndham picks him up for a belly to back, and well, Austin just holds on to the headlock and takes the bump. I got a feeling there's some old old timers that would be like, "Oh my God, that's fake!" You know, he sh- he should take the bump and sell it, which I could see that, but no, it didn't happen. Look good though. Okay, um, those same old timers wouldn't have had a problem with Rick Steiner's interview. So there you go. Fifty-seven uh, twenty-five, a great move by Wyndham here. All right, we have 57-20 here. Tackle, drop down by Austin. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that to describe that. He just, yeah. like, stepped over him like a leapfrog, but he stepped over him instead with a big leg over the top and then drop kicked him. And because Barry is such a big bastard, whenever he does that drop kick, it looks great. That looked phenomenal. It was a nice, smooth set of moves. Um, this is way better than the match we had two weeks ago. This first fall is lights out. Um, can I get 103.17? We're going to watch, I believe, Wyndham hit a DDT that is just tremendous. All right. Let me get 101.20 first because I have okay. something here. This is where We're I watching think. watching wrestling here, bro. I love it. This is where I think Barry gets busted open at the mouth because Barry takes a jawbreaker and then a lariat that may have caught Barry in the mouth because that's when, shortly after that is when I noticed that the blood, there was a little bit of blood. So there it was right there. You'll see the blood in another minute or two. Um, from there, what did you say then? 103 what? 103.17. All right. 103.15. There it is, a big old freaking DDT from Wyndham. Yeah, really looked good. He like jumped and I you, I don't know if, how often I've seen a DDT like that. All right, take us to the end of this fall. All right, so we go to the end of fall number one. Wyndham gives Austin a superplex, and you know as he had Austin reeling, he didn't just do that. Austin was on the run, and when he gives him the superplex, one two three, he pins him, and that is fall number one. And the champ is behind you, the eight ball early. They fall number one took a while. Like it wasn't quick. It was, you know, maybe 12 minutes. I don't know. They, they got in there and worked. So the champion is by see, see Barry's mouth is busted open now. Yeah. I think, I think it happened on that jawbreaker and that lariat that we we're talking about earlier. 
All right. So then we go to to um, fall number fall number two gets started, and there's a big old collision at the start of fall two. It's coming up in a second here as I've got it queued up, and Wyndham goes flying out of the ring. Watch this, Doc. And if you're on Patreon, you can enjoy this too. tinyurlcom BTT. Here it comes. I know I didn't write this down wrong. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Bam. So Austin follows him into the ropes and kind of like hits him with a back elbow type move um, and chops him kind of. This is a back elbow. It's supposed to be a back elbow. Something went wrong there. But anyway, Wyndham takes it and flies over the top rope. And I'm like, ooh. I mean, these guys are out there working, man. This is This is how you do it. Now, Fall number two doesn't take nearly as long as fall one. They kind of got this one in inside of about five minutes. Uh, what else did you have? Other timestamps. Um, who do you? Who's calling this match in the ring? Barry. Even though he's the babyface. Probably. That's my question. But that's a tricky question sometimes because. I only say Barry because Barry's the season the the more seasoned guy. Sure. Now, as I say that, Austin, although he's not been in the business for very long, he's exceptional right now. Like he's Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's light years better than most people his Ever, a, yeah. his with his tenure. So, mm-hmm. you know, as I say, Barry probably calls it they're both Austin's calling stuff too in there. He's not just Okay. Not saying anything. And do you think with Austin's personality, he just would shut up and not say nothing? Um, Maybe in that he was probably, I, I do believe he's very respectful of the elders and the, how things That's are true. done in the business. And so, yeah, I do think a guy like Barry Wyndham would have drawn his, his respect. You know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. You're right. SD Jones comes in the territory. Maybe not. Right. Right. Bruiser Bob Sweet Tan, maybe not, but I think Barry was universally respected in that regard. Yeah. But I, that's um, one of those things, like, I've never been in the ring. I think a lot of our listeners, you know, never been in the ring. You know, what's happening there? Because this is a really, really tremendous match. And it does take two to tango here, but it, it who's calling it? I oftentimes will hear, like, Cornette or some of these old timers, you'll hear them say, like the heel pretty much calls it, but that's what it, that's why I said that. But that's you know again, I never been at this level, but in my experience, it, it oftentimes was the person with more tenure. Like okay. you kind of just acquiesce to them. I mean, like like when I worked with Chris Adams or Tommy Rogers, they you know they were the vets. I was mm-hmm. less than five years in pro wrestling, so I just, you know, and I was the heel in those matches, so I just, they called it. Like, I, who am I going to tell, you know, those two dudes who've been around the world, nah, brother, I'm the veteran, you know? Like, nah, go ahead and call it. I'll just follow. I'll follow your lead, whatever. So, yeah, it's uh, that's a good question because you do hear people say that all the time. Like, you hear these old times, oh, the, the heel. Eh, I don't know if that's always true. But then okay. again, it's like everything in life. Nothing's 100%. So. And nothing is airtight. Nothing's airtight, brother. Um, The finish of Fall 2 is really impressive. It's a, 
impressive stun gun. Austin gets Wyndham up, that big bastard, drops him over the top. Barry Wyndham whiplashes, goes down, one, two, three. These dudes are um, these dudes are good, man. These dudes are good. I mean, Wyndham kicked out at three and two quarters, but that saying, it was still the three count, so that's fall mm-hmm. two. Do you have anything for fall two? Not a lot. It's pretty quick. They they kind of messed up us seeing the whole all three the whole three count there, but that's all right. Yeah, uh, you can't expect them of... to get everything right. Yeah, you got to give them credit here. They're getting a lot right. I mean, like you said, you can't expect everything. So then, with fall three, as we're watching the third fall, I didn't write down the exact timestamp. We see a scroll at the bottom of the screen oh, that states. No. That Steamboat has contacted WCW corporate offices and he denies all allegations of cheating on his wife and he will speak about it tomorrow on the main event. Bonnie made Ricky get on. Did you tell them to stop saying that about us, Ricky? Bro, can you imagine no. what she was telling? I, I, I have trouble believing when I've heard the stories about her that she just took this angle and was like, whatever Yeah, like, I, I, she had to be, I mean, we've just heard too many stories about her and it's, I'm not saying she's a bad person. I mean, we've heard the stories of her involvement with his career and, and I, I just have to imagine many, she heard that and was like, Oh no, you're going to put a stop to this shit. How many females do you know in your history of life that could go along with the work or no sell anything. They ain't many, bruh. <laughs> and, and they're mostly in the wrestling business, probably, and even all of them can't do it. Right. So, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, for real. She, I, I, I just, somebody send that into the drive-thru. Is he still answering questions on there? Sometimes. Every time I pull up the drive-thru, it's, it's still... It's even modern questions, though. It's not a lot of classic. But somebody asked that, you know, if he, if Corny's got any knowledge of in 1992 when they did the angle with Steamboat stalking Medusa and having several affairs, if he ever heard stories about Bonnie getting pissed with Ricky Steamboat at this time. I, I really would love to know. It just, it just seems like it would be something that would happen. Sure. But. All right, All right, Doc. Look, we, there we it is. There's the bulletin this, on the video version. Yeah, we need to get this serious because we need to come to a conclusion because there's serious, serious business at foot. All right, so here we go. The third fall. We get a ref bump because, you know, that's what we did back in the day whenever we <laughs> had something important going on. Ref bump when Wyndham's boot accidentally catches P- referee Pee Wee Anderson in the ring. And we're going to see it here. Boom. Look good. I mean, it would look natural. I mean, it wasn't like crazy. Paul Lee, when the referee goes down, he gives the WCW world title to Austin. Austin swings at Barry, but Barry ducks. Barry Mm. Windham then rolls up Austin and referee Pee Wee Anderson is fine. As Barry rolls up Austin, one, two, three. Barry Windham wins the WCW World TV title mm. from Steve Austin. Now, after the match, Austin does attack him with the belt and plasters him in the head one time and then kind of whips him with it um, like a strap. Whip but, him like a dog. Whip him. But that said, that's so Austin can keep his heat. 
Barry Windham is the new WCW World Television Champion in a fantastic two out of three falls match. Yeah, that was. you have. To, I mean, we watched basically the whole thing here. Almost make sure you watch it on Patreon if you're a Patreon member. Tinyurl.com/slash/PatreonBTT. This was really good. Uh, really, really best, two, it was best one really we've seen good. so far. Uh, probably. You know, my here, here's my my take on it, and this does not take away from the guys in the ring or the match that they had. I think it would have been more effective if it had just been a a, a one fall match and that had gone three or four minutes longer than the first fall, because they were in a they they could have brought that in real hot because they were already in a nice rhythm. But I'm not bad at this at all. I just that's I, that's a slight difference on how I would have done it at, you know if i had the pencil brother um this was great and i mean i i don't think austin loses a lot and it's buried it, they these guys got after it yeah he don't lose anything we lost like, the title no i mean like in, in terms of oh in terms of you know him being like people looking going oh he shouldn't have lost the belt like like that's not even a thought that crosses my mind i'm just no, like no it's just that's just something that happened that we switched the belt okay yeah i'm just i'm just kind of like austin lost he's had it for a while and the person he lost it to is Barry Windham who 100% deserves gold you know so yeah, this was good shit, man. I loved it. I love the finish. I love, you know, think about the finishes. One of them was the the superplex. The second one was Austin's stun gun. So we we kind of had two of these guys finishes mm-hmm. in falls mm-hmm. one and two. Yeah. And then the third one, the heel manager tries to screw the baby face, and it it backfires on him. And Barry Windham figures out a way to win. I, I, this is good shit. It was good shit, and it's where the episode should have ended because now we have to really end it, and it's painful looking. Let me hit play. God. First, we're going to get Randy Owen and JR. Um, well, they kind of say a few words, but then we go to uh, we're going to go to Scotty Flamingo, followed by Johnny B. Bad. Austin situation. There's no doubt about that. And before we say goodbye to Randy fans, I want to remind you that next week we'll not only have Teddy Long here, but Flying Brian as well. And we're going to see a matchup of great light heavyweights. Scotty Flamingo and Johnny B. Bad one-on-one next week. Let's hear their comments. Here comes. <laughs> Johnny B. Bozo the Clown. What are you thinking, my brother? Taking on Scotty Flamingo next week, two out of three falls? Ain't gonna happen, my brother. It ain't gonna happen. This is Johnny Bebad, the bad man of World Championship Wrestling. And next week, Scotty Flamingo and me are gonna mingle. And you know one thing about flamingos? They're so pretty, but they're very delicate. I'll break them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that big matchup, Johnny B. Bad and Scotty Flamingo next week. We did an interesting interview with Ravishing Rick Root earlier. What do you think of that? Well, I think there's a good country song there somewhere. Talk about a lot of cheating and a lot of uh, broken hearts along the way. Randy, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And we look forward to participating on the June. This is funny, man. Come on. 
tell if he was making fun of Johnny B. Bad for acting like a black guy or if that was his attempt to try to be cool or what? One more time because it's very short. Johnny B. Bozo the Clown! What are you thinking, my brother? Taking on Scotty Flamingo next week, two out of three falls? Ain't gonna happen, my brother. It ain't gonna happen. (sighs) I just think that's him being Scotty Flamingo. I'm not trying to make... I don't think he's trying to make fun of... uh, Johnny be bad at all. Uh, Randy Owens is going to make a song out of Rick about a, about a Ricky yeah, Steamboat. Why not, cheap man? Sell, 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 sell some records. Yeah, let's let's print some money out of this stuff. This is good. All right, man. Well, before we get out of here and wrap up May the 9th, 1992, uh, quick reminder, the only way you can hear us break down the Wrestle War pay-per-view is by going to tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Uh, not only is it a great way to support the show, but you get tons of extra content uh, when you join Patreon. Over 400 plus Patreon exclusive shows. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Uh, please join. We don't do ads. We just have fun here. We talk about old school wrestling. We don't try to sell you Don Croutons or reverse mortgages and whatever else. Lots of podcasts try to sell you, uh, you know, gummies that don't work, you know, things like that. We just bring the content. Tonight, you got almost an hour and a half of just pure wrestling, old school wrestling content. So if you can become a patron, become one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. On that note, Doc, we got to rate this thing and hand out some Rolexes. Uh, this, this, is, this is a hilarious episode. Let's start with the rating first. What are you going to rate it? Man, it's a, it is a severe roller coaster ride because we gave it an A a couple of weeks ago. Last week, we were very, very generous in our ratings. But tonight, I don't feel like I have to come out of pocket here to give this an, an A. I think you're right. You ain't got to come out of pocket. So are you giving it an A? I'm giving it an A, man. Randy Owen was professional and, and asked a question about WWF, Rick Rude, all the the... <laughs> The wrestling was good. The promos were either funny or or good, and I was about it. Just think about it. We we're giving. I'm gonna give it an A as well. We're giving an episode an A that we usually need Hopper during this talk show era to do something cuckoo, like talk about night vision goggles and squirters and stuff, for us to give something an A. Uh, during the talk show era, and we didn't need him to give this an A. That no. actually tells you a lot more about this one. Yeah, good episode, man. All right, so we're giving it an A. Uh, that means you need to hand out your Toot Toot Award. Who are you giving your Toot Toot Award to? And there are some people here that are deserving, but I'm going to stay with Barry Wyndham for fighting through a busted lip and making sure that he uh, finished the finished the job and won himself the strap for the TV title. I kind of wanted to give it to both of them, but I'm with you. Both of them. I mean, Barry anytime, anytime Rick Rude calls somebody a sleaze bag or a sweat hog, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. And I want to give him his flowers, but those guys wrestle their ass off. And that's what the, that's still the name on the marquee, Mike. And so we're going to give it to the wrestlers here tonight. You know, real quick. You just hit something extremely important. 
there was a legitimate three people you could have given it to. You could have given it to Rick Rude. You could have given it to Steve Austin or Barry Windham. That kind of tells you how good of a show it was. Yeah. When you got multiple people doing multiple things that are worthy of the highest award in the land, but right behind the excellence of execution award, then, um, <laughs> stupid. All right. <laughs> that's a callback that you, everybody will have to go back into the archives to, to fi- remember that one. That was something. All right, man. Hey, well, well, I'll see you again tomorrow when we do the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you again tomorrow. And for everybody else, that'll be a week from now from the time of you hearing this. But uh, this has been another fantastic episode of BTT. This really was a good one. Uh, I I highly recommend if you're already on Patreon, go go pull up the Patreon video version of this so you can watch what we were watching as we talked about it. Because put it us was on phenomenal. and take off your pants. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Nobody wants. They don't need to go do the Javorski. Uh, leave that for that idiot to to do. Uh, but go put on this show on patreon and you can watch us discuss it on the video version i I think you won't regret it especially the two out of three falls and and everything else the rick rude medusa stuff and the 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 three women having an affair or alleged affair with steamboat yeah just great stuff good stuff all the way around phenomenal episode so that's why we gave it an a we probably should have given an a plus but we'll stick with an a uh on that note uh thank you for listening doc do you have anything else before we get out of here and you hit the tagline no sir All right, we'll hit the tagline, and let's roll. Oh, okay. Book it, bitch. I'm sorry. All right, those allegations took place last night on the WCW broadcast. Later on in the broadcast, it was announced that Ricky Steamboat would have the opportunity to respond to the charges. Okay, I understand that the the telephone connection is complete. Okay. Ricky, I know that you and Nikita are preparing to meet Larry Zabisco and beautiful Bobby later on in the main event. I know that you're very busy, and I want to thank you for taking the time to to take our call. But I also know, Ricky, that you're aware of the allegations last night on national television. Ricky, what's your reaction? Okay, Eric, you know, the latest accusations by the DA are nothing but lies. You know, my wife, she didn't believe in it for a minute. Hey, she's a wonderful person. She's a beautiful wife. She has a great body. She's wonderful with my kids you know my son didn't believe in it for a minute um he 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 wouldn't believe that i would do this to his mother i'd like to say to everybody out there you know i made a vow to be faithful until death to be committed to love each other alone no matter how tough the times may get you know and this may seem a little old-fashioned or out of date but that's just the kind of man i am marriage is a gift from god and don't anybody ever forget it he takes it very seriously and so do i And if anything, this has made my marriage a lot stronger. And if the DA thinks that this latest ploy has disrupted my concentration for the war games, well, I'll tell you something. They better think again, Eric, because it hasn't. I'm not going to let my family down. I'm not going to let the little dragons down that support me. Oh, and one last thing. I want to say to all the fans out there, just keep believing in this fire-breathing dragon because, brother, he's hotter than ever. Thank you very much, and good luck later on in the hour. Well, those comments from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who along with the WCW World's Heavyweight Champion Sting, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Nikita Koloff will have his day in court when they take on the dangerous alliance inside of the two-ring steel cage at War Games. 